0: Now back to Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM.
1: Trista out Portland, Cashew, DC. On Twitch, YouTube, the Odyssey app. Bet MGM tonight. Yankees trailing the Rays already. Already, Trista. Here you go. Fade the Yankees. Rest of the season. <laughs>
2: That's the way it is. That's it's the just, way love goes.
1: It is, it's 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 tough. It's tough watching this team at times. All right. We bring on Rob Brown, host of BetQL's Bet for the Cycle, Saturdays, noon Eastern, on the BetQL network. A lot to get through when it comes to baseball, man. Uh, besides, obviously, we can get into the craziness that you and Cody Decker obviously do on a weekly basis. We will, we will get through those shenanigans at some point. But, like, now that the dust is settled, let's just go big picture first with you. You look at the trade deadline. You look at teams that were in. You look at teams that were out. What stood out to you the most? I mean, I, let you know what? Let's even put the Mets aside here because the Mets have always been the big headline. Other than the Mets, who did you look at and say, all right, they're either all the way in or this is a team I can't believe they made this decision?
0: All right, I want to start, guys, with asking me not to make fun of the Mets for the next 10 minutes really hurts my feelings just a little bit. I was oh, no, very no, no. excited no ten, to do that. There's
1: no 10-minute limit, I promise.
0: It's just... At first, we won't talk about the Mets. Then we'll talk about the Mets. I accept that. Good trade. Uh, Good trade. The the couple of things that jumped out at me, I will start with uh, the Yankees. I thought the Yankees were going to do more. I thought they were going to be active. And we're seeing why again because I was listening to you guys last segment. Yes, fade the Yankees tonight. It's a little late. But, hey, if you did, good call. Well done. Uh, I thought the Yankees would be more active, specifically trying to go find some offense because that offense has been struggling like – like a lot lately. Uh, that being said, like, I I, I guess I kind of see the logic because in a lineup with Judge and uh, Giancarlo Stanton uh, and DJ LeMahieu, like, you want to say at some point they get hot again. At some point they remember how to do a baseball. So I guess I can kind of, with them, a little more than some other teams will talk about, understand why, this, uh, why they decided to stay Pat. The other thing that jumped out at me was... For as mid as the NL Central has been this year, I am stunned that nobody in that division desp- decided to make a splash, right? Like, I am stunned that uh, that, that, that Cleveland didn't decide to do more. Uh, the Cubs made a couple of moves. They added another infielder. Uh, I thought the Reds were going to be a big-time player, and they just kind of hung out. So I thought that was a division that had probably three different teams that could have jumped up, had a big deadline, and really pushed themselves to the top of the division, and nobody really did. And then, of course, uh, I don't know about you guys, but Houston v. Texas could be a lot of fun coming down the stretch in that division.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I'm curious, when do you think and why do you think the Cubs did decide to be buyers and not sellers a few weeks ago people thought that Marcus Stroman was a sure thing to go out of there uh, and then they go out and get Candelario the third best basement available and that kind of seemed far-fetched they moved from plus 1500 to plus 400 to win the central in seven days like wh- like make sense of that for us
0: uh, they got hot right and 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 in- just like we when we're making our bets like to look at trends and very frequently those trends will inspire where we're putting money baseball teams are the same thing so for a team that was playing two and eight ball uh two weeks ago this team's eight and two in their last 10 they're matching the ball put up a 20 spot last night on Cincinnati they're playing good baseball at this point and on top of that I think you were looking at the rest of the teams in that division. You were looking at Milwaukee. You were looking at Cincinnati. And Chicago's going, wait a minute. Nobody else is doing anything either, right? Like, it would be one thing if Cincinnati went out there and had an L.A. Dodgers-style free agency or a trade deadline and made a big splash in the market like, frankly, I expected them to. But the fact that Cincinnati did nothing. The fact that not only did Milwaukee not do anything, but they unloaded Luis Urias, who... I thought was a guy they were going to keep trying to get back to where he was. The fact that nobody else in that division, the Pirates unloaded. I thought the Cardinals would unload. They did move a couple of guys like Jordan Montgomery, but nobody else in the division did anything, and the Cubs are playing the best baseball in that division right now. So, I mean, I kind of think they just looked and went, because we got a real shot here, and they're not wrong, which is a weird thing to say about the Chicago Cubs.
1: Uh, I, the, the NL wildcard in general, man, I look at that and just go, the, it could be the most fun race that we've had in a long time down the stretch there. The AL is a little bit different, though, because half of these teams I just don't trust. Like, I don't trust the Red Sox. We've clearly talked about the Yankees, the Mariners. Then there's the Angels, three and a half back of a wild card spot. Decided to be buyers at the deadline. Decided at least, bare minimum, not be sellers and get rid of Shohei Ohtani and get prospects back. And we can talk all day whether that was right or wrong or they should have done it. Reality of it is they didn't. And Shohei Otani's still with the Angels. Uh, What do you view this team as and what their ceiling is the rest of the season now? I will will admit publicly,
0: uh, and I will admit publicly, knowing that somewhere Cody Decker is going to feel these vibes come through the universe (laughs) and he's going to beat the hell out of me on Saturday during the show... (laughs) I picked up the Angels on a little change at plus 550 just to make the playoffs. Ooh, that that right. includes a wild card spot, right? So yeah. I didn't hate that line when they decided to go buyers. Now, the mentality behind it, my guess is, if they want any, any chance to keep Shohei Otani in Los Angeles, and I, and I don't think any of us think that that is a possibility, but if there's any chance that they're going to talk Shohei Otani, who reportedly loves the West Coast, wants to stay on the West Coast, if they want to be in there with the two, I think, front runners of Seattle and the Dodgers to keep him, they've got to do something this year. They, they have to, not something, they've got to make the playoffs, they've got to win at least a playoff series and show that they are pushing forward. So I think those moves were designed to accomplish that and the fact that they are only three games out of a wild card spot, they felt it was worth it. Now, is it going to pay off? I don't know, because I think you you mortgaged a lot of future success. I think Shoei Otani would have brought back the biggest trade package in baseball history. I think you could have got multiple starters and a farm system worth of top-notch, pro- top-notch prospects for Shoei Otani. So you, you took the gamble on maybe making the playoffs, making a run, catching a white-hot streak at the right time, achieving something, and Shohei going, okay, maybe this isn't so bad. And you mortgage probably five, six, seven years of growing success like the Braves have done, like the Dodgers have done, like the the Rays have done. And you played your hand there. And I don't think it was the right play, but if the Angels go in, and they make it to the ALCS, despite everybody thinking they wouldn't, and they convince Shohei Otani to stick around because of that, then we're all going to look silly. That's not going to happen, but it'll be interesting to watch.
2: Yeah, contrasting that, I'm curious because the Orioles are a team that are in desperate need for an ace. Uh, Verlander was rumored to be possibly going to Baltimore or open to, to that trade, and they don't sign a true ace uh, for their pitching staff. Like, How close do you think they were at pulling the trigger uh, to nab Verlander? And, and do you think they should have mortgaged a little bit of their future for a win now, or do you think they should continue to build organically?
0: So the Orioles are in a club with those teams I just mentioned, right? The Braves, the Dodgers, the Rays, teams that have really not just embraced but have thrived with this, we're going to build our own team. We're going to do this in our farm system. We're going to grow and develop guys. We're going to move them up to the Baltimore system, and then we're going to win that way. And Cody and I had this long conversation last Saturday about it. That's a very hard process to get right, right? Because if you get it wrong a couple of times – it set you back two, three, four years, and now, I mean, it's it's way off in the distance. Baltimore has got it right. They have figured it out. So I think this was a team that was looking and going, man, I don't know about the chemistry, but they did bring in Shintara Fujinami. They brought in Jack Flaherty, a couple of right-handers, not necessarily guys that jump off the page, but they're consistent. I very much would have loved Baltimore to be in the hunt for one of those aces. And even if it wasn't Verlander or Scherzer, there were two or three other guys out there. I thought a guy like Lucas Giolito could have been a good addition to that lineup as well. I would have liked to have seen Baltimore take a bigger swing, but they've got a little bit of depth. They're obviously wanting to win by beating you 7-5, 8-6 consistently. And that process has worked out. So I kind of gave Baltimore like a C. Like I wasn't blown away, but yeah, I wish they would have done a little bit more because this team's fun and I want to see them succeed. I would have liked to see them in a hunt for an ace, but at the same time for a team that's really built from the inside, I can see them kind of wanting to maintain that consistency. I don't agree with it, but I get
1: it. Talking to Rob Brown, BetMGM tonight. Uh, The Braves have the best record in the majors. They also have the best run differential in the majors. They also have an 11-and-a-half game lead over the Phillies in the NL East. Now, we've seen in the past teams that have these large leads kind of coasting through the rest of the regular season. You get to the playoffs, and it's almost like a slap in the face. Is that something that you worry about at all with this Braves team when it comes to what they can do in the playoffs if this continues to be a double-digit lead in the NL East the rest of the way? You go back to last year. And and you kind of nailed both situations with
0: the Braves last year. They were down, a, what was it, a dozen and a half games to the Mets at the break. And then fr- half of it was because the Braves got good, and half of it was because LOL Mets, that's just what the Mets <laughs> do. And we all like to laugh at it. But they overcame a deficit that was actually greater than the one that they're sitting on top of this year. But then they come up against Philly. And Philly did that thing where Philly got white hot going into the playoffs. Philly came into Atlanta, and Philly beat Atlanta. So, Major League's postseason is great because I think it is the most accurate representation of anybody in the playoffs can beat anybody else in the playoffs if they get hot at the exact right time. That being said, Atlanta sent seven of their nine starters to the All-Star Game. They sent the entire infield, two pitchers, and a pair of outfielders to the All-Star Game. This is arguably the best 1-9 to team in Major League Baseball, and the record is there to show for it. The only thing the Braves, uh, I am worried about for Atlanta, is the front-end pitching. They've had a lot of injuries. They just got A.J. Minter back, and they immediately turn around and send another pitcher back to IL to replace him. Uh, You lost Dan Anderson. Kyle Wright's been banged up. Spencer Strider was banged up. So I really wanted to see the Braves get in again. Like, I kind of was texting friends, Uh, yesterday afternoon, like, don't be shocked if the Braves get in on Scherzer or Verlander because that's what they need is a front-end guy that they can plug in to have just some consistency because how many times this rotation has had to change up due to injuries. I would have loved to see the Braves make a move there. They did go get Pierce Johnson and Brad Hand, so that added a little bit of reliever depth, which has also been a problem. But at the same time, Atlanta didn't really have a lot to do, right? Like, infield, they're very much set – Outfield with Ronald Acuna. They're very much set. They've got the NL MVP in Ronnie Acuna. Win Strider is healthy. He has been aces. Bryce Elder, an all-star this year. So they were probably one of the few teams in baseball, guys, that I think truly had the luxury of, hey, if something great happens, great, and if nothing happens, so what? We're set. We're fine. So I'm not worried about the NL East in the regular season for Atlanta. My only question is can they be the team that gets hot going into the playoffs? Because if they are, like they were going into the All-Star break, if they can sync that timing up again, nobody's gonna be shocked why Atlanta is the odds on favorite to win the World Series this year.
2: What did you think about what Arizona did? They add Paul Sewald, they they add Jace Peterson, they add Tommy Pham. Like is this are they the most underrated mover at the deadline, do you think?
0: Uh, I loved What Arizona did, and you are correct. Absolutely. I am stunned that Arizona's not getting more attention for the moves. Now, again, none of these guys are are, are household name flashy, right? Like, Tommy Pham's most famous thing in baseball is punching another dude in the outfield over fantasy football. Like, that's the notoriety (laughs) that you're getting out of some of these guys that made moves, but... Uh, Jace Peterson is a quality defender at third base, a spot that they're waiting for Evan Longoria to get back. They just added a really solid glove. Paul Sewell was, I think, honestly, maybe the best pickup of the trade deadline that nobody is talking about. They sent three guys that nobody's going to miss in that system, respectfully to those three guys. Nobody's going to miss them based on what that team is built to do right now. So Sewell gives them a band-aid on what is the one question mark Arizona was worried about and then you added right at the deadline uh, Strzelecki and Pham to kind of do the same thing I think Arizona had the best deadline that nobody's talking about because they didn't make household name moves and I don't have a problem with that Arizona's been flying under the radar all year long because of the division they're in and all the spotlights being on LA and San Francisco and I think they're perfectly fine with that why not try to sneak
1: up on some people All right, you know, we've only got about a minute or so here, but I want to at least try to throw this out there and see what you think. One team that you think could get hot down the stretch that may not be in the playoff picture now, that could be when it's all said and done. Either league, doesn't matter.
0: Uh... Over in the AL, I am still very much keeping an eye on Toronto because they are too deep and too much on paper not to make a run. Now, it's tough that they're in the best division in baseball, but, hey, Tampa has cooled off a lot. Like you said, don't trust Boston. The Yankees can't hit the damn baseball. So I would say the Blue Jays over on the NL. They are in the playoff picture, but Philadelphia scares me this year for the same reason Philadelphia scared me last year, which is they got different guys going cold at the wrong time, but if all nine go hot at the same time, I think Philly could jump up in there. Uh, And again, Arizona for a team that's four and a half back in the division, I really, really like that team. And also, I was promised time to make fun of the Mets, and I didn't
1: get it, man. All right, you got 10 seconds. Go. Say something funny. (laughs) The Mets are the Mets. Uh, It's (laughs) the best thing I can say. It honestly is like it's what we expected with this team, right? Eventually it all falls apart with them. Rob Brown, host of Bet for the Cycle, BetQL Saturdays with Cody Decker. Always good to talk to you, man. You guys have a great show. Keep it up. You guys are the best. Appreciate you all. See you soon. There he goes. It is so easy to laugh at the Mets. Justin Fields and the Bears are expected to be better, but what, wait, MVP for Justin Fields? Some people like that. It's Bet on the night.